Welcome to Citron Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. I would now like to introduce our tax practice leader, Joe Bublé. Good day, everyone. Welcome to Citron Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. My name is Joe Bublé. I'm a tax partner in the New York City office, as well as the firm's tax practice leader. Today, we're going to talk about the recent tax legislation. In addition, the uh, delay in the filing deadline from April 15th to March 17th. And to do that, we have two tax partners. We have Ron Hecht, who's a tax partner in our White Plains office, and David Seiden is a tax partner in our New York City office, and David heads up our state local practice. So welcome, Ron and Dave. Glad to have you here. Good to be here. Okay. So, Ron, let's start with you. So let's just first talk about the, uh, the recent law that President Biden signed in, and let's just focus on those couple items on the tax side that are impactful right now. You wouldn't mind. Sure. Um, let's start with the one that's gotten the most press um, is round three of the stimulus checks. Um, and based on what I read over the weekend, 90 million of these payments have gone out already. Uh, they're $1,400 per person, which would be $2,800 on a joint return. Plus, it's $1,400 per dependent. There are, as there were in the previous stimulus checks, there are phase-out ranges um, for a married couple. Uh, as your income gets to $150,000, your stimulus payments will decrease. And by the time you get to $160,000, uh, stimulus payments would be gone completely. The way the computation is being done is that's being done on either the 2019 return or 2020 return, uh, depending on what's the most recently filed return. The interesting play now, and there may be very little time left to do it, is if your 2020 income is substantially lower than 19, if you file quickly, you may be able to get a higher stimulus payment. But lastly, on the stimulus payment area, just like the previous payments, if you don't get the right amount based on your 2021 return, next year's tax return, uh, you get to true it up and get anything that you uh, should have gotten but didn't. Okay. Okay. Now, the Next change uh, is in the area of unemployment compensation. Um, what Congress did in this bill, and this is retroactive to January 1, 2020, is an individual that receives unemployment compensation is now entitled to exclude $10,200 of unemployment compensation from their income. And that is per individual so that if a, if a married couple both receive unemployment compensation, they each can exclude up to $10,200. And again, there, are, there is an income phase out and it's the same phase out for all filing statuses. If your income is under $150,000 per year, then you get to exclude uh, up to the $10,200 at $1 over $150,000 of adjusted gross income, your exclusion drops to zero. 
for those individuals that have already filed returns and are eligible for this benefit, the IRS has said, please don't do anything. They're anticipating being able to compute any refunds that you will automatically be due and we'll get them out to you without the need to file um, amended returns. Uh, the last um, significant item uh, in the individual area is in the child credit area. For 2020, the child credit is a maximum of $2,000 per child, um, $1,400 of it, which is refundable. For the year 2020 only, uh, the law, I'm sorry, for for the year 2021, the child credit is increased to $3,600 per child that's under the age of six. And for a child ages six to 17, uh, the credit is increased to $3,000. Um, the phase outs of these credits also have increased somewhat that a married filing joint return, uh, the phase out begins at $150,000 and lower amounts for head of household and single. And Congress has instructed the IRS to figure out a way to begin to send out on a, originally it was a monthly basis. I believe it may have been changed to a quarterly basis to begin to pay these credits in advance starting July 1st of this year, so that by the end of this year, these increased child credits will be in your hands um, before the end of the year, rather than having to wait to file uh, 2021 tax returns. Um, and those are the big picture items uh, at the federal level. Okay, great, thanks, Ron. And well, before we bring in David to talk about the state and local aspects of that and this other last topic, can you just briefly talk about what the extension of the deadline for individuals only means from April 15th to May 17th? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, and as Joe mentioned in the question, it's only an extension for individuals. It's not for any other tax return that's due April 15th. But what you need to be careful with is while your 2020 tax return and balance due payments aren't due until May 17th, if you are an estimated taxpayer, um, your first quarter estimate for 2021 continues to be due on April 15th of this year. There are a lot of unanswered questions in this area about overpayments on a return that's due May 15th. Will those be applied uh, back to April 15th? The IRS had said when they announced this May 17th extension uh, that there would be some further technical guidance issued soon. Um, soon hasn't arrived yet, but we would hope in the next few days we'll have some more answers. Thanks, Ron. Yes, and we'll point out we're recording this the morning, March 22nd. So if anything comes out, um, we'll update it or try and get it on to this Taxes and Ten podcast. But thanks, Ron. That's great. Now, Dave, Dave Seiden, our state and local tax practice leader, why don't you just take the two main items that really have a state and local focus? First, talk about 
the unemployment insurance change that Ron discussed, how the states are dealing with that. And number two, how are the states dealing with this extended due line? Yeah, sure, Joe. So anytime Congress changes the federal laws, there's generally three things that can happen from a state and local perspective. The one general comment is it's always a mess. Um, it always has to happen right away. But the three things are generally if it affects the Internal Revenue Code. Certain states adopt the Internal Revenue Code. So it automatically um, is changed at a state level. And I don't know, maybe half the states have that. Then there's another uh, group of states that, or if it doesn't affect the code, then the states have to legislatively change their laws to either adopt what Congress had passed or not adopt it. And then the third is it doesn't affect the Internal Revenue Code or, and the states don't adopt it at all. So what you have with um, the $10,200 is it just happened, it was just passed, it's not in the code, and that means legislatively states are right now, there are bills being introduced um, at the various legislatures around the country to either adopt the exclusion or not adopt it. And I can tell you that one particular provision, um, we've seen very few states to date have adopted that. So there are a lot of those types of things that are going on right now. And I think a lot will, more answers will be had um, over the next few weeks. Very similar though to the uh, extension that the IRS just came out with to May 15th. As of, as Joe mentioned, March 22nd, about 30 states have jumped on the bandwagon and have publicly announced that they are going to extend their 2020 filing deadline for individuals until May 15th. Similar to um, the IRS, these same states, with one or two exceptions, are also extending the due date of the payment for 2020, but are not extending the 415 estimated tax uh, due date. And again, all the same issues that you're facing federal as to overpayments, when do they apply? Can I apply it back if I overpay my extension? All those same issues that we're facing with federal are gonna be dovetailing to states. And again, my guess is over the next couple of weeks, at least based on last year, they're gonna to wait to the last minute to make a decision on those things. Okay, great, thanks, Dave. And especially you talked about regard to the unemployment insurance compensation issue. It's a good thing that the deadline was pushed back. Yeah. So people, the states have more time to deal with it and get that out so people can file the returns correctly the first time and get their money back instead of filing amended. Um, so that's good. It's good that the deadline was pushed back. Um, as Ron said, and you said, Dave, as well, hopefully we'll get some clarity on the 415 estimate. I know last year, same issue arose, but finally the IRS pushed the estimated payment back to uh, July 15th, along with the filing deadline. So hopefully they'll do that here. It's Joe, I don't know, but I mean, if I had a guess, I'd be surprised if many, if any, states don't defer to five, uh, 515 or 517 to file their return. Uh, it could happen, but there are going to be states like last year that wait till right till April 14th to make that decision. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll keep on top of that. And thanks, uh, Dave. Thanks, Ron, for coming in. Um, we will 
update this podcast accordingly, maybe in a week or two if things change dramatically. So uh, please be on the lookout for an updated podcast on this topic. And to everyone out there, I hope you're doing well. Stay safe and carry on. Thank you.